All right, a little test here. How does the Nicene Creed begin? Can you say the first sentence of the Nicene Creed? Because we're going to do it in a few minutes here. So it starts, I believe. All right. Okay, good, good, good. That wasn't even the whole sentence, but it was most of the sentence, so good job. Okay, now can you jump forward and get the last sentence of the creed? Everyone's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, hey, easy there. Easy there, Father, right? And I'm actually okay with that because all the articles of faith that are articulated in the creed all connect. They all go together in a beautiful way. All right, so here it is. I'll just give it to you. See if you can pick it up. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the, and the life of the world to come. Good job. All right, we got it. We're Catholic. Good job. Okay, but friends, we pray that every Sunday. But do we? Do we really? Do we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? Do we actually do that? this great first reading that we have tonight from Maccabees about the mother with seven sons who all die for their faith. And then the gospel tonight that Jesus takes on the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. Those two readings speak so strongly of the life of the world to come, which is to say they speak about the resurrection. And how, if we actually believe that, and if we actually live in such a way that we look forward to that, we look forward to it, that then everything that we do right now changes. That the truth of the resurrection impacts everything in our life right now. Not just as something that's like way off down the road, but right now. So the question is, do we look forward to that? Friends, the bold Christian claim is that God himself took on human flesh, lived among us, sharing all of human reality, and then, in a supreme act of love, gave his life for us, suffered, died, was buried, and then on the third day rose again. That's the Christian claim. That resurrection is the end of the story. That victory is assured. Because God himself did that for us. And he becomes the way in which we share in that reality. That changes everything. If we believe that, so the resurrection, it's not just something that's way out there or happens at the end of our lifetime on earth. It's meant to give meaning to every moment right now, to transform everything we're about right now. And that's so crucial because we live in an age where so many, especially young people, are wondering, does any of this matter? Does my life matter? What is the meaning of my life? What's the purpose? I'll tell you what the purpose of your life is. The purpose of your earthly life. Now listen up. 
the purpose of your earthly life is to make you into the type of man or woman who can be with God forever in heaven. That's it. The whole point of this life is to shape you into being the type of man or woman who can be with God forever in the next life, which is to say we're passing through that this life isn't all there is. It's not even the main point of what is. St. Therese, the great little flower, her dad taught her, who's also a saint, her dad taught her a great phrase that she would repeat because she was beset by sadness and even someone might say depression. And you're like, can a saint experience that? Yes, you bet. You bet. Because they're not home in heaven yet. So she suffered from some things and her dad taught her when she was real young. He said, Therese, the world is thy ship, not thy home. The world is thy ship, not thy home. We're on pilgrimage. We're passing through. And the resurrection can teach us how to live. Because if we don't know what the end goal is, and by the way, the church is great about two things. Where you come from and where you're going. The church has it nailed down beautifully. Where we come from, we are loved into existence. Each one of us, every single person you will ever meet, God has willed and loved into existence in a unique way. That's where we come from. We're not accidents. It's not random that we're here. And where are we going? We're going to our Father's house in heaven. That's our home. That's the true home, the only home that ultimately matters. And because the church is really good about getting where we're from and where we're going, then the church is really wise about everything in the middle. By the way, just so you know, our culture, this current culture, is terrible about two things, at least. Where you're from and where you're going. So be wise in the voices that you listen to. Because the church knows our true home is with God forever in heaven, because she's so clear in teaching that to all of us, then everything in the middle is full of meaning. Then we don't have to slide into just, well, I'll please myself, kind of Epicurean, eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Who cares, right? Or the darker version of that same thing, which is a real nihilism that nothing matters, kind of a cynicism and a bitterness at life. And I've seen that. I've even seen that in some students here at Carroll. No one here in particular. But I've watched. I've been here a long time, and I've watched people, as they don't know where they're from and they don't know where they're going, then they become real cynical about this world. Because what goes on in the world is not so easy. And unless we have something that breaks us out of that, that says there's more to all of this than just power plays and politics 
and undermining and all sorts of things, right? All those things that really destroy hope and, and a freedom of spirit. Unless there's something that breaks in and breaks open that, then we could go there. So it could be all about pleasure or it could be kind of a nihilism or we could just distract ourselves into oblivion. The latest thing on our phones pop in our earbuds at every moment. Always keep some noise going on in the background so that we never have to think about the things that really matter. But we're called to think about the things that really matter. And we're actually called to embrace the things that really matter, to live our lives, to embrace reality. Friends, reality we have to live in it. And the more we embrace reality, the more we'll find God. Because God is ultimate reality. And God is going to be found, guess where? In your reality. Not in your dreams or your wishes or your fantasies about how you wish things were in your life. He's going to be found where you actually are in the things you actually face. The good realities, your hopes, your dreams, your desires to do great things with your life and live with purpose and mission. And also, and even especially, in the difficult realities you face. Your sorrows, your struggles, your doubts, your difficulties. Friends, I promise you that God is there. That's why be careful about just putting in the earbuds and distracting yourself on your screens into oblivion because you'll miss how God is actually present in your realities, especially the hard ones because that's the move of the incarnation, that God gets in the human mess. He's in it. He's going to live there with you. He's going to be found there in your reality. And you know, one of those realities, the church has been trying to get our attention this past week, I guess last week, November 1st, November 2nd, is that we don't live forever. That we have a finite amount of time on this earth. That we're all dying. And we all will die. And you might think, ooh, that's dark. That's real. But here's an even bigger reality. That you were loved into being where you're from. And you are meant for eternal life where you're going. And that you have a God who walks with you in between those two, the beginning and the end. You have a God who walks with you who brings his resurrection life to bear on your life that he died and rose from the dead for you, for this life. It's exactly what we celebrate here. We celebrate the Paschal mystery at Mass. That Paschal mystery is the passion and the death and the resurrection. That those three deep realities are brought to us 
We're brought before that mystery. We're called into that mystery. And that mystery then changes how we live. So yes, in our sufferings, Jesus is with us because he suffered. In the sacrifices we have to make, even at the hour of our death, Jesus is with us because he died. And friends, how we are to live because Jesus is risen. He didn't just rise in the past. He is risen. And he wants that resurrection reality to change our realities, all of them, especially the difficult ones. So friends, that's what we're called to. That's what we're about when we come to Mass. St. Catherine of Siena, she had a great line. She said, all the way to heaven can be heaven because Jesus is the way. All the way to heaven can be heaven because Jesus is the way. The only things that matter and last finally in this life are the things that have been touched by heaven. They're the only ones that last. Everything else passes away. Well, Jesus wants to come to you, the one who died and who is risen. And he wants to bring his resurrection life and light to you. We've gone through the time change. It's going to be pitch black now at like 4.30. I hate it. We need some light to break in. We need the light of the resurrection to shine upon us and shine around us and help us know how to walk in this life. Friends, we have it. We have it. We have the light of the resurrection shining upon us and around us because we have Jesus who's the way, the truth, and the life, who is risen from the dead.